episode of the Water Ski Podcast. This episode is my own personal tribute to one of the coaches that I've had growing up and uh, his name is Jose Castelli. I was uh, growing up in Brescia with uh, members of our ski club that were from Lake Iseo. This is uh, a natural lake in Italy that um, had a ski school headed by Jose Castelli. And this history had been open since the 70s. And all I'd heard were literally legends um, of this coach that was a little rough. He would leave people in the middle of the lake. Now, mind you, in the middle of a natural lake with navigation. (laughs) Uh, But he was famous, nevertheless, to have brought up a lot of talent. This is the man that... uh, my dad was doing rescue boat in the late 80s, early 90s, asked by his boss at his job to do this favor for this water ski tournament. And through a tournament that Jose organized, my dad was exposed for this random uh, situation to water skiing. And, to, and then he fell in love with the sport, and that's what brought me into the sport. Um, and also my dad learned how to drop a ski and, and ski on one ski with uh, Jose. And my dad has his own experiences with him. And mind you, these experiences were of like a, a rough man that knew a lot, but was hard to stand. Uh, so I had my this image of this guy. And then in the mid 2000s, um, I was about 16. And my relationship with my coach was going through a rough period. It was going at a period where, you know, I was 16, I started to run, you know, 11 or 38 off. So I was proficient skier, but, and so, sorry, and because of that, I started to have my own ideas about how my skin needed to be, how it needed to look like, things that I wanted to do. And me and my coach were just not speaking the same language to the point that I was really considering, you know, uh, taking a step back from the sport or considering other options. And then um, I live on Lake Iseo. Like I, I grew up on this lake. I've always seen the, the course on the opposite side of the lake where I, where I grew up, but I never skied with the man. And so I said, okay, uh, I called him up, got the number from, from our, one of our club members and said, hey, Jose, like my dad is out of work, he's out for work um, and uh, I don't really want to take the train to go to Brescia. Uh, I would love to come and ski with you for a week. And uh, he was very graceful. And I showed up and what his dock was, was in front of a supermarket. So my mom said, yeah, I'll I'll drop you off. You can go ski with him and I'll go to the supermarket and, and I'll pick you up when you're done. And I remember showing up, it was sunset over the lake, beautiful orange lake. Um, and Jose was on a camping chair looking to really his lake and very almost like martial art um, scenario. And I, that's why I introduced myself and 
I knew he knew of my dad and met him ages before. And I said, well, I would love to ski. So he warmed up his Nautique 2001, no perfect pass, no zero off, hand driving. And uh, the deal was I was going to free ski across the lake and then, um, no, sorry, actually I rode in the boat. We got to where he had his course and we were going to do a regular six to eight passes set. Mind you that with hand driving, I ran way more buoys that uh, it was legit. Um, so yeah, I took six to eight passes. We dropped, I took my ski off. Uh, he was asking me how everything felt. Um, and then he said, Hey, do you, do you want to do some free skiing? Because obviously I was driving you. I, I wasn't looking at the mirror, but I love to help you out. And so I said, yeah, absolutely. So I, I put my ski back on, I pull out to the left to then do like a, a gate of some sorts and start to do some free skiing. And as I pulled out to the left, Jose killed the boat and stood up and in our dialect from our city, he said something along the lines of, you're good, you're a good skier, but there's a lot that, you know, there's a lot that you can work on to become an even better skier. And mind you, I only did a pull out, right? So I instantaneously fell in love with the guy and I skied with him for a whole week. Every day we would free ski roughly about like six to a seven mile stretch from his dock all the way to Iseo, which is the town that the lake takes the name from. Uh, we would have an ice cream together, chat about skiing, and then another six to seven mile stretch free, free riding, right? And then we would stop in the middle. He would tell me something to try. I would try it. And then after that week, uh, my dad came back from his work trip and we resumed the usual, you know, go to the lake together after he would be done with work. And uh, I would always see that course growing up. And one day, the boys weren't there anymore. And so I called Jose and I said, hey, did you, did you take out the course for maintenance? You know? And he said, uh, no, uh, you reminded me of what it is to work with a competitive water skier. And I missed that. I miss that and I'm, I, it's enough for me to pull beginners and amateurs. I don't really want to do that anymore. So I just chopped the cable. I just chopped the ropes. Literally, like the, the cable is still there. That course is still imparatico for someone to find and put some buoys on, by the way. Um, so I immediately told my dad, I said, Dad, like, is there any way we can have him work at ski school? Like, can he, can he come with us? And so we talked to he talked to Claudio, he talked to Jose, Claudio being the coach, my coach, and Jose came and worked for us for three years. And in those three years, I skied with Jose every single day. And it was a completely different experience than what I was having at the time with my coach because Jose would be asking me to do something and then I would try it and give my feedback. And he was eager to know what I thought. And sometimes I would say, look, you know, um, that's not really what I felt. At the time I was doing a bit of a two-handed gate, but also starting late at the pullout. So he suggested maybe to do a one-handed gate like back in the days. And I was aware of what, you know, uh, Jamie and Marcus were doing in the US. So I was like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe we do a one-handed gate, but I don't know, like it feels weird. I'm not precise. And so we were working through that stuff together. 
And at the time, my coach was driving and Jose was, was my coach coaching me. And that was such a formative experience for both Claudio and I because we learned from someone who had brought up so many athletes, you know, like his daughter got second at Junior Worlds, like Luca Mazza got third at Junior Worlds. Like we're talking about like Sonia Truzzi over the years, even people that I don't even know that uh, became competitive water skiers. So Jose had seen a lot of athletes and he was also um, a snow ski coach. So he also had that coaching experience. And in those three years, I have learned on a skiing level, on a personal level, on, I learned a lot from Jose and we got really close. Um, like we would, we would drive to the lake together. We would ski. I remember a tournament where um, I was 17. So that, that was the first year that Jose worked for us. And um, I was ranked first or second in Europe in juniors. Uh, and a week before I blew my MCL jumping so I couldn't go to the junior Europeans but the MCL recovery is actually fairly quick so I was able in a couple of months to be back on the water and we had a record tournament in my site and uh, there was another very great skier uh, Michele Gallegra from Italy national team member um, who was at this record tournament and I somehow ended up tying him like he didn't ski good I skied good like I think we did like one or two at 10 7 at 39 and so my dad and a couple of other people put up like some money said why don't you guys run it off and we see who wins and I was on the dock like nervous as as you can imagine um and Michele um, won the coin toss and decided to go first and as I saw him starting at 38 I'm like, oh, this is like, I think he had won nationals beating Tigas, I mean, and Matteo and Fabio. So like, this was a very nervous moment. And Jose saw that and came on the, do- on the dock and put his hand on my shoulder and said, are you breathing? And, and breathing was obviously the last thing I was thinking about. Like, and he was like, keep breathing, regular intervals and go, go out and, and do your best. And then Michele kind of underperformed, did four and a half at 38. Um, so didn't run the first pass of the dock and I was able to get to five and pull to six, didn't get it and, and won. Uh, so that was one of the, the, the moments I remember where Jose really was there, you know. And then um, also tied to that was the zigzag. So Jose taught me the zigzag. He said, you need to understand when you don't have it in you anymore and learn this technique that would allow you to get a whole buoy instead of like a quarter or a half. And, and his thing was you can win worlds by a quarter buoy. Always told me that. And the reason for that is that his daughter got second at worlds in junior worlds. And I don't remember exactly the score, but it was something along the lines that she fell on a buoy that as she turned, probably she would have won. Um, so we practiced the zigzag like literally in practice at the time for me, it might've been like uh, two or three at 39. Um, he told me, he said, you know, you pull to three and you let the ski out, you pull towards the boat, you pull away from the boat and you do a regular cut before the boat guides. If you do that, then you get a full buoy. And at the time, I'm pretty sure you could still do the, um, I don't know what it's called technically, but basically you can 
you can have a huge pool, go close to the boat, hold on the handle in your hands. And if you still had the handle in your hands after the next buoy, uh, boat guides, it would be a full buoy. Um, and so I, I was kind of thinking, why don't I learn that? You know, like it seems like a simpler thing to do. You just pull all the way to the buoy, try to learn how to carry speed. Um, and Josef was like, that is not a skier's position. Like he told me, like the rule says skier's position. I don't understand why this rule is even in. You'll learn how to zigzag and continue and you bring yourself to the dock. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I learned, I first learned to zigzag offside turn, which is generally the easiest one because you can see the boom in front of you. And then we learned also uh, onside turn zigzag and we were practicing it intentionally. And... Um, Needless to say, I, I have won or placed or made finals at pro events through that technique. Um, so these are just a couple of examples of how this great coach and great man really affected me. And my experience was completely different from the stories that I heard from, from club members. Although the situation was different, he was coaching at our place not necessarily in charge, like he was in the boat and, and just got to do what he loved. Um, he already had a, few, a couple of uh, health issues before coming to us. So it was a bit of a quieter man, um, but very loving man. There were so many kids at the time also at ski school that he literally loved uh, to coach and help. I mean, Gianmarco Paini, who ended up winning junior masters and being among the best trickers in the world, uh, Arieta and Alessandra Caldis, Alessandro Pace, Nicolas Benatti, like there were so many kids that uh, he had a, a chance to influence, honestly, for the better, for the better. Um, but I, I, I do remember the way he influenced me and I do remember and I was able to see how he influenced my coach because after two or three years, you know, Josep was one of those guys that would stay in the boat you know, 8 a.m., 8 p.m., no bimini top, uh, chug him a, a lunchbox in, in the boat, and, you know, he would just stay on and on. And he got to a point where he was, like, early 70s, and, you know, like, I think my dad and my coach didn't really feel comfortable to invite him again. Um, so that was hard. That was a hard situation to deal with for my, for my dad, for sure, I would, Im I would imagine. Uh, but uh, we had learned so much from this, this great coach. Um, and then I knew that um, he, he, wasn't, he hadn't been doing well in the last few years. Um, and I got to see him a couple of years ago. Um, he taught his granddaughter how to ski and on, on the lake behind the Ski Nautique 2001. And so I told uh, Lalla, Jose's daughter, that I would have loved to bring her to San Gervasio and show her a course and try to run a course. And I remember I brought Sofia to the lake and she got off the water, deep water start. And the second she got up, she brought her hips to the handle and was in a stacked position just right away behind the boat. And I was thinking, yeah, this is Jose's granddaughter, you know? And I was able, I think in a couple of sets, she managed to run the course. And to me, it was such an honor uh, to be able to, to do that. And then I brought her back to Jose's house and we had a nice conversation. He was asking me who was, who was leading in the pro tour and how I was skiing. And, um, 
I, I just have really fond memories of, of this great man and this amazing coach. Like he's a, his technical knowledge was great, but especially he gave me an idea of what a healthy and productive coach-athlete relationship can look like. Um, so I'll be forever grateful to him. And I think the, I mean, obviously the Italian water ski world had heard of his name and knew, you know, uh, his name very well. Um, but I think the, the whole water ski world deserved to hear the story of Jose. And even though it's just um, a moment of his long history in, in water skiing, um, I mean, I remember when he told me, he used to tell me, Matteo, I saw the first guy do a flip in a tournament at a time where a flip wasn't even a thing. But the, there were these Americans, they were just throwing them in there to make a point that these needed to be done, right? Um, so I have great memories. Uh, and I just wanted the, the Water Ski Podcast audience to hear about Yosette uh, and about um, his, his story. <laughs> Thank you.